Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody it is time once again for the mainland podcast this is episode 386 and i am your host michael citro the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com that is an independent website that covers orlando city the orlando pride ocb and all things soccer related in the city beautiful and joining me not from tallahassee florida but from the denver colorado area david rowe my co-host dave how you doing I'm doing good. Uh, taking the show on the road uh, this week. Um, happen to be out here. My wife has a work thing. I get to have a vacation thing. So better for me. But such is my dedication. That here I am. There you are. So if if you don't if you don't think that Dave sounds the same as he usually does because he didn't take his uh, nice microphone on the road with him. Yeah. Well, you know. You only want to pack so much stuff in the gigantic microphone. <laughs> was not on the list. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it, and it adds a few pounds to the to the bag as well. Yes, it does. Dave, the playoffs have begun for Orlando City. Yes, they have, and they started off with a home game Monday night against Nashville SC, a team that has uh, it's been a problem for Orlando City, and it, although a very short, brief history between the teams. And of course, Nashville famously knocked Orlando out of the playoffs a few years ago. But this Orlando City team came in on a roll. We're a little concerned with uh, some of the guys that sat for quite a while. It was a there was an international break before the last game, and then there was heavy rotation, and uh, and then nine more days before the first playoff game. But uh, one of the things we talked about is that the going to Nashville and only getting two shot attempts and only one really legit shot attempt was probably not a sustainable model for Orlando city. So they went the opposite direction, Dave, and they got 25 shots and that was a season high. It was, uh, especially early on. I mean, they were seemed to be all over Nashville, which was great. It's just that not finishing and putting the ball into the back of the net. Not so great. <laughs> Yeah, just three minutes in, the team already had as many shots as uh, as the last entire game and more shots on target than the last game against Nashville. Uh, it started right off the bat. A very bright start for the Lions. They wanted to get out and, and jump on Nashville, which uh, is not a bad plan. But you still got to be careful with the ball because of how dangerous Nashville is in transition. So 
Uh, they come out and they get a couple of quick shots off the bat. Uh, Torres and Angulo. Torres, unfortunately, had the ball on his weaker foot, shot it uh, too close to Joe Willis, got the save. Uh, rebound to Angulo. Angulo also shot it this time right at Joe Willis, uh, although not from a great angle. So a couple of early chances. Then Torres got a, another chance a little bit later with a uh, a few minutes later with a shot over the bar or just off target. And then uh, Wilder Cartagena had a lined one up from distance and and his didn't go didn't miss by a lot, but it did go over the bar. And so there were they were getting chances, but nothing was happening. And you know Nashville really they weren't seeing much of the ball, but that's nothing new for them. They like to play without the ball and then try to hit you on the counter. Orlando did have a couple of nervy moments with some giveaways, but nothing nothing terrible, nothing uh, really uh, risky. Um, in the early going, but the, these teams kind of started to settle in. Orlando kept the ball, kept the pressure up. They weren't turning the ball over, which was good. Uh, but you just didn't know if that breakthrough was going to come. Yeah, you really didn't. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, we spoke about it uh, last podcast. Oscar has a plan for the first 15-20. And, uh, you know, the team that you could see that was in effect. That's why they were getting so many chances. They they had a plan on how they wanted to attack. They were finding spots in between. They were able to get down um, into the uh, national area and, and, and create those chances, which is not easy against a team like that. Additionally, the defense was doing a decent job of, of sniffing out um, counterattacks and, and generally, you know, making it difficult for Nashville. Also good. Um, and then, you know, Nashville starts to settle in. They get a little bit more of the ball, but, then that first adjustment that Oscar makes happens, and now Orlando City gets back on the front foot and back in control of the ball again. Yeah, and and the the team was moving the ball well, but I didn't think they were moving it quickly enough to to really bother the Nashville defense. Um, there were some opportunities to do that, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're getting close to halftime. Orlando's put a bunch of shots. Uh, toward the target, uh, not not very many on target, but a few of them came close. Um, I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, Cartagena missed over the bar. He j- he didn't. He just missed wide. Uh, Torres's went over the bar, but Cartagena missed wide. But a pretty good uh, effort for Wilder, and uh, maybe a portent of things to come. Because uh, as we approached halftime, and it looked like the teams were going to go to the locker room scoreless, and you were going to have one of those nervy second halves where you're just biting your fingernails for the last 45 minutes maybe even going to penalties after a nil-nil draw. Uh, there was a good little bit of play on the left, and guys were kind of knocking the ball around. And then Cesar Araujo had this just odd header that was just like into space. And the only one in that space was Cartagena, who picked it up, and he took a couple dribbles toward the box, and no one closed him down. So Dave Wilder Cartagena had a go, and he scored an absolute worldy screamer golasso. I believe we are going to have to start calling them Wilders now instead of world worldies. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was absolutely stunning goal. Um, it's easily, uh, no matter what else happens, the rest of the playoffs, it is easily in contention for best goal in the playoffs. Um, it was that good. Um, and I love the fact that they just kept showing it over and over again because that made me happy. What's funny <laughs> is about <laughs> what's funny is about five minutes uh, before that, um, you know, we're we're sitting in the hotel room. My wife and I were watching it on my tablet because um, it wasn't on the TV here, and you know, we were getting hungry, and she's like, "Well, 
we'll we'll go down to the sports bar here at the hotel, you know, maybe to start the second half. But a little bit early on, she's like, well, how about, you know, after Orlando City scores their first goal? I'm like, okay, sounds good. Um, Wilmer makes that shot, and I'm like, well, there's only a couple minutes left in the half, so let's wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it was it was it was beautiful. A, cr- a crazy goal. Um could not have placed it any better. And those are the fine margins you you have to be able to get to when you're trying to beat a team as difficult as Nashville to break down as hard as they are to break down, hard as they are to score upon. It took Willard Cartagena putting it in the corner off the underside of the bar to be able to beat Joe Willis and make it 1-0, and they were able to hold that lead going into the half. One thing we didn't talk about is uh, we kind of wondered, will Oscar Pereja reinsert Antonio Carlos into the starting lineup since he is the starter and, and played the full 90 against Toronto and played very well against Toronto? But the answer is no. He's going to reward the the work of Rodrigo Schlegel and he's going to uh, ride with the chemistry that has got him to that point. And either way, I think would have been a, a logical way to go. I mean, you could, you could defend either decision. Uh, I was a little concerned about some of the moves Rodri was making in this game, but he, you know, for the most part, I thought he did really well. And I think for the most part, the the defense did well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, uh, Dagger Dan, I thought, had a good defensive game. Um, he even had a couple chances where uh, you know you were hoping maybe he could he could get on the on the scoreboard. But um, you know he he did well. Typically, getting back in defense, even if he was up the field a bit, um, and it was good to see that. Um, Robin Johnson, of course, played just like Robin always plays, which is excellent this year. Yeah. Uh... So you go to halftime one nil up and the team's feeling good. The crowd's happy come out and Nashville absolutely came out guns blazing, trying to get that goal right back in the first few minutes of the second half. Uh, but Orlando was able to withstand that early barrage in the second half, make some uh, adjustments, start to settle down, get a little more of the ball. And uh, really it looked like Orlando was likely to get a second goal. Didn't end up doing it. There were, there were a few good chances in this game to get a second goal. There was, uh, there was one right before the half that uh, off a set piece that fell for Araujo at the back post, but he didn't he didn't think the ball would get through, so he didn't make the run. If he made the run, it's a tap in, and you can tell yeah. by his reaction that he knew he should have made the run. You have to go and hope and just just assume the ball's going to get to that spot because that's that's how you score. But I mean, he is a defensive midfielder, so he doesn't have those instincts. If you but he was, you could tell by his reaction, he was mad at himself. He's jumping up and down, kind of hitting himself in the head a little bit. Uh, but uh, that was one of them. Uh, there was a chance for Mauricio Pereira, who took an extra touch in the box. Uh, you don't have time against Nashville to take a second touch in the box. Uh, he should have hit it first time. He was sent in nicely and right in front of Willis. All he has to do is pick a side and just hit it first touch. He did not try to settle it. And Daniel Lovitz was able to shut him down. There were a couple other chances, but uh, those were the those were the big ones. It, I I would say surprisingly, but it's really not surprising against Nashville. Duncan McGuire didn't really have a clear cut chance in this game. No, I, he almost had an early one, like in the first couple minutes. You know, he was kind of in the scrum of things, and that was his that was his best opportunity. Um, 
But once again, like you say, not entirely surprising given how Nashville plays on defense. They are incredibly hard to break down. They play very solid defense. They close down quickly. They do not allow a lot of space. And so it's tough, especially for, you know, a forward uh, to get opportunities. And sometimes they do have to come from further out like Cartagena's goal did. Yeah. And uh, a good battle between McGuire and the two center backs for, uh, for Nashville all night, Zimmerman and Mayer. Uh, But no matter what Orlando city did in front of net, they did not have a miss as egregious as Sam Surridge did in the first half for Nashville. That was one of those scary, (laughs) one of those scary moments I was talking about with Rodri. He got caught on the wrong side of the player. Uh, They were able to get to the end line and cross in for Surridge. He's right in front of the net. All he has to do is touch it in. Somehow he missed the net, and that ended up being a, a huge play in the game. Uh, one of two massive uh, plays uh, on Nashville's side, and we'll talk about the other one in a bit. But yeah, that was that's one of those. You're used to it happening to Orlando, not for Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice that it happened for Orlando this time. Yeah. So around the hour mark, uh, Unfortunately, Wilder Cartagena had to leave the game. Um, they talked about it after the game. He had, was feeling some tightness. He said he felt some pain. He said he wasn't feeling it when he was walking, so he's hoping that it's nothing serious and that uh, it's something that he can get back for game two. Uh, but he did have to come out. And Orlando got a little bit careless with the ball a few times in the second half. It was a little bit bothersome. Maybe there was a, you know, the layoff. Maybe not, not to, as you got later in the game, you're not, your body's not obeying, or maybe you're not making the right decision. And um, there were a couple of opportunities for Nashville off of counterattacks. Some turnover. One of those turnovers was in the offensive third by Cesar Araujo. Another one was uh, in his own end by Dagger Dan. He had um, he had a, a teammate in t- in in the inside, and he tried to turn outside and make a move, and he was dispossessed, and that ended up on Hani Mukhtar's foot. You don't want it there. And uh, he fired a shot that was deflected. And, and luckily, Galesa was able to leave his feet in and make that save as he got caught going the wrong, leaning the wrong way. But he still was able to make that save. That was a, a huge save in the game. Oh, kick save from Galesa was absolutely massive. He, he, he didn't have to do a ton, but the things that he did do uh, were obviously, uh, you know, game savers. Um, so well done on El Pupo's part. He also made a big save that didn't end up being needed to be made as uh, Surridge again got uh, got in front and uh, flicked it on goal. A big save by Galese, but he was well offside on the play and glad that they didn't have to uh, go to the review to look at a goal and see if it should have counted or not. So uh, everything was going well. And then Orlando City did what they've been doing in the, the second part of the season. They put on their defensive subs and they just, strangled the game they just kept the ball as much as they could and when they couldn't they just kicked it down the field and said try to break us down with our five-man back line as they brought on antonio carlos some more defensive players uh i thought junior urso played extremely well off the bench uh spelling cartagena he drew two yellow cards on nashville in his short time on the field just getting under their skin rodri was getting under people's skin um this is going to be a feisty series but in the end Orlando City holds on for a 1-0 victory. And uh, 
I did not predict a one nil victory. I thought we were going to get penalties, but we did not get penalties. Thankfully. We did not get penalties. You predicted a one, one draw with uh, penalties and uh, Orlando city winning the penalties. I, however, did predict a one nil victory. Go me, go you. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's much in the way of drama about my man of the match. Uh, I don't know if there is for you, but Willard Cartagena was the best player on the field for the hour. He was out there on both with the goal, but especially doing what he normally does. And that's just putting out fires everywhere. Putting out fires, scoring a Galazzo, a worldie, a Wilder, whatever you want to call it. And, and that wasn't his only, you know, shot and he had some other opportunities as well so yeah it's it's cartagena no-brainer all right well one down dave and the uh the series shifts to tennessee the teams will play next tuesday night in nashville 9 p.m eastern time start um we'll talk a little bit about uh, that game in a little bit we'll give our key matchups and score predictions i don't know if our key matchups are going to change quite honestly but we'll see when we get to that point um yeah we also, of course, have to look in, or not have to, we we choose to look in our mailbag box. That's something that we're looking forward to. And we're going to get to those things right after this. Dave, we are back. And uh, before we talk about game two in Nashville, what do you say we look in the mailbag box? Well, Michael, as you're well aware, I love the mailbag box, so let's do it. All right. Uh, if you're new to the show, um, welcome. And uh, we're going to tell you how you can ask us anything and get your questions into our mailbag box about any topic you want to ask us about. Uh, one of those ways is to email us at themainland@gmail.com, And another way is to go on Twitter and add us at the mainland. And uh, use the hashtag AskTMLPC. A third way is you can go to themainland.com, click on the Mainland Podcast page, and fill out the submission form there to ask us anything. So there's uh, several ways you can do it. They all work pretty well. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, So ask away. Dave, I understand the Twitters are barren again this week. The Twitters are still barren. Um, Elon Musk is doing his best to dismantle that once uh you know newsworthy platform <laughs> once oh well yeah i heard that it's worth like 19 billion now after he paid 44 billion for it yeah well he overpaid to begin with and now he's losing money on it hand over fist i don't even know i think it's worth a billion to be honest with you unless somebody comes yeah. in and fixes it I'm going to try and put as much sarcasm into my voice as I can. You really hate to see it. <laughs> I hate to see it, but it doesn't really drive engagement for us as it used to. Um, we're still posting there, but we're still post. We're, we're also posting on Blue Sky and Facebook, and you know. But honestly, yes. just, so just if, check you, if you are on Blue Sky, if you are on Blue Sky, make sure you give us. We are over there. Give us a follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to find me also, and uh, if you are a Mainland listener, uh, I will I will follow you back on Blue Sky. There you go. All right, let us start then. Uh, without a Twitter, uh, we will go to the uh, Gmail, and we will hear from. Uh, one thing I want to do first before we can get to those questions is want to want to check back with a question 
from early in the season, like really early in the season. We're we're talking March 22nd, Dave. Going to go yeah, back to the going back to the March 22nd mailbag box or, or the mailbag box back in late March from our own Ryan Smith, who asked us at that time to predict who will finish the season higher in the table. Uh, Ted Lasso's uh, AFC Richmond team or Orlando City in the MLS Shield race. And it ended up in a tie. I don't remember what our answers were back then, but um, it was a it was a tie. They each team finished second in the table. I knowing myself, I can I can guess as to what I said. I and I'm going to base this also off of what my predictions were on the uh, the round table. But I, I'm pretty sure that I I did correctly predict that Ted Lasso that the uh, AFC Richmond would finish second. Um, just because that seemed to be the the way the story was would make the most sense, yeah. and yeah, and then I I'm pretty sure I said uh, third for Orlando City, and I'm just basing that off of what I remember from what we wrote. But yeah. um, so obviously I was I was wrong when I answered that question. Yeah, I was thinking Orlando would be competing for like those fifth sixth spots, um, so I probably predicted that Ted Lasso would take his team a little higher in the table. But uh, I don't recall. But we can we can look back on that. Uh, we do have a question from Samuel Atkinson, friend of the pod, and he has written to us saying, "Congrats on show three eighty six." Thank you. He says, he says, "Now that Grant Hill has become a celebrity partner in the team, do you think this might help us in the eyes of Don Garber, or is Orlando just going to get <laughs> just going to gar- get Garbered like normal?" I don't look if having billionaire owners doesn't win over Garber, which I think that's a lot of what he cares about. Um, I, I don't know that anything will, unless the Orlando city market somehow gets bigger than it is. Garber won't care. Nothing's going to change that. Yeah. Thank you. Acquaintance of the pod, uh, Samuel Atkinson, uh, self self titled uh, acquaintance of the pod. Appreciate the I like question. It. You can have it. Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from Cindy Waldschmidt, who I understand is the mother of Matthew Waldschmidt, who's friend of the pot. If it's not his mother, it was a heck of a coincidence. Well, she says I am Matthew Waldschmidt's mother, by the way. <laughs> he, oh, well, then, okay. There you go. She said, he told me you will answer any question on your podcast. Thank you. Uh, Cindy, thank you for writing. Her question is this, Dave. What is the easiest way to explain offside to someone uh, who has watched soccer for many years, but just doesn't fully understand it still? Uh, The simplest way I can do it is to say that the, you have to pay attention to where the the point at which the ball is kicked Mm -hmm. is that is what depends on where everybody else is. So wherever you are, depending on when the ball, when the ball is kicked. Mm-hmm. So if you're behind the defender, you're off sides. If you're not behind the defender, you're on sides. Yeah. When the ball is kicked, you gotta be able to look in two places at once. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is, is a little convoluted, especially if you like me uh, grew up with hockey because a hockey offside is different from a soccer offside. And by the way, it's, in soccer, don't get this wrong. It is offside, not offsides. Right. They will, soccer purists will drill you for that. <laughs> but yes. 
Uh, the yeah, the simplest way to say it is that you cannot be behind the last defender at the time the pass is made. So while the person is kicking the ball to you, you have to be even with the last defender or the last defender has to be closer to the goal than you. And it it gets close because you get something like the silhouette of your of your short sleeve is the only leeway you get. Like you can be offside by an arm. Um, even though you can't score with your arm, which is stupid. Um, so that's part of where the confusion comes in for many people. There are some stupid subtleties to the rule, but uh, the, the the easiest way is just to say you cannot be beyond the last defender when the pass is played forward. Uh, there sometimes are balls played forward to guys who are beyond the last defender that are not offside, but in that case, you have to make it clear you're not going to play the ball. You have to make it clear you're not making an attempt on the ball. And if you do that, and if the defense lets up, uh, one of your teammates can get there and keep the play going. They can. And also in that scenario, after somebody else has played the ball, if you found yourself back in an onside position, you are then allowed to play the ball again. Mm -hmm. This is true. Uh, So that I think is lots to it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's as as simple as we can make it, Cindy. And I, I hope that that helps you some. And we appreciate yeah, the we, question. We do appreciate the question because we didn't have uh, Coach Beard's, um, you know, ketchup bottle and malt vinegar bottle to demonstrate. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, last question we have is uh, another form submission from the website. So that's getting some uh, some work the last few weeks. That's nice. Loving that. Yeah. Uh, Jay Talmadge has emailed us uh, through the website uh, form, and it says. Uh, Hi, I'm new to Orlando and new a new city fan. Uh, a good walkout song is one of my favorite things in soccer. Roma's Roma, Roma, Roma and Liverpool's You'll Never Walk Alone are some of the best in Europe. As I'm sure Dave will agree with you on the, the latter. I will agree with you on the former. Uh, yep. says, if you had to pick a song for Orlando, a walkout song, what would you choose? Hmm. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Welcome to the Jungle because you've got the lions and you got the jungle and it's it's got a it, the song itself has a good lead up and it's got some screaming and just it's it's a you know get you hyped kind of song so just off the cuff I would go with that. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with my uh, my old standby. I mean, when people tell me what we should change the national anthem to, I say "Slow Ride" by Foghat. Okay. Just because just because it it just it's a song that gets you going. It's a song that revs you up. It it rocks and it's crunchy. I love it. So that's why. But no no specific tie in to the club or anything. Right. Just just a song Michael likes. Yeah, just a song <laughs> I like. All right. Uh he also says if he had to throw in his two cents, he would have it be Wildflower by Central Florida's favorite son, Tom Petty. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. I think um I think if I was going Tom Petty, I might go something a little something like maybe uh running down a dream or something. That's ex- you read my mind on the on the petty song that I would pick. Yeah. Uh but thank you. Little rhythm to it. Yeah. Thank you, Jay, for uh for sending the question and uh we're we're happy to have you on board as a new city fan. Yes, welcome. All right, Dave, that is it for the mailbag box. 
for this episode. And by the way, this will be the only episode this week because playing the same team uh, coming up as we played <laughs> this past uh, weekend. So uh, not a lot of variety there. And, um, you know, if there's a lot of mailbag box, then it will just be a longer show next week. But uh, it it kind of doesn't make sense to have back-to-back shows about having played Nashville and, ju- and being about to play Nashville. So we're just going with one this week. And uh, things might change then after we get to, to see how things are, are coming together. If Orlando obviously gets past Nashville, then we, we may have a week there where we're, we're back to two. Uh, we'll we'll sort of time it up to what the what makes sense with the playoff schedule. Exactly. Plus, I'll be back in my hometown. There you go. All right. Uh, one of the things we would love it if you would do, by the way, if, if you want to get your question in for the next show, please uh, do it in all those ways that I said before. Go to the mainland.com, click on the mainland podcast page and fill out the form or go to Twitter at us at the mainland and use the hashtag AskTMLPC or write to us uh, via the old-fashioned Gmail or email <laughs> in our Gmail account, themainland at gmail.com. Please make sure you spell main, M-A-N-E, like a lion's mane. Um, I know it can be confusing, uh, but we're punny guys. So uh, those are the ways. And one other thing we would love it if you do is interact with this show wherever you get your podcast, which means rate it, review it, like it, whatever your podcast app lets you do. We would love if you do that. If you happen to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we will find it and read it on the show. And uh, unfortunately, Dave, still nothing since Farfagnugan in September. Well, I mean, that was a great one, but come on, everybody. Yep. Surely somebody has something they want to say in a review. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's playoff nerves. Maybe that's why we're not uh, getting any new... Uh, New five star re- reviews on the Apple Podcasts. I, I can I can see that I can see that. Yeah. All right, Dave. The Lions will go round two against Nashville on Tuesday, as mentioned. This is a gargantuan game because if uh, if Nashville gets back in the series, that puts a lot of pressure on Orlando coming home to get a result in Game Three. Obviously, you would like to go out and get a result in Nashville and. Uh, and put this thing to bed. And of course, if it ends in a draw, you get penalties. So uh, they could end up advancing on penalties uh, if they if, if things are tied after 90 minutes. So we talked about our key matchups and, and did our score predictions for game one. This game, I don't anticipate either team changing a lot about their strategy. These teams kind of are who they are, I think. So I don't know that we're going to see a lot different. Dave, do you want to change up your key matchup? And and if so, what would your new key matchup be? And if not, remind our listeners what your key matchup would, was for this uh, game one. Um, so game one, mine was, um, you know, solid on defense against Nashville's counterattack, you know, basically keeping Mukhtar out of goal. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Orlando City was able to do that. Um that is still a key matchup. I will still let it be my key matchup. Although, um, you know, I, I do think that uh, I'll, I'll go back to one of my my old favorites. You know, score early, score often, um, especially on the road. So, Orlando City wasn't able to find that early goal um, at home, even though they had multiple chances. My hope is is that Oscar and the guys have figured out 
how to break down Nashville and we'll continue to be able to do so, except this time maybe actually put it in the goal a little earlier in the match. Yeah, if you fall behind Nashville, you get ex- it's, it gets exponentially harder to beat them. Um, I will, I believe my key matchup was uh, score goals, um, uh, break down that yep. def- that defensive block for Nashville. Uh, so it's the Orlando attack. I'll stick with that again. Orlando's attack has to break down or, uh, Nashville's uh, block, and then they also have to put the ball in the net when they do that. So you're you're not just playing. Jack Bear and and Walker Zimmerman and Daniel Levitz and Shaq Moore and uh, Anibal Godoy and the, you know the rest of their midfield. You're also playing against Joe Willis, who's a very good goalkeeper. I think this is going to require a second goal to get a win. I don't think they can just go in there and get another one nil. Although, if that's what they end up doing, I'll take it. Uh, I just think it's going to be really difficult to to do that. They've managed to keep Mukhtar uh, off the score sheet for two straight games. I don't know that they can, you know, I don't know if they can make it three. I'd love to see it, but also Nashville may try some different things. They may, they may try more Fafa Pico earlier in the game uh, to test Hafa Santos to see if he's healthy because he, he looked like he was laboring late in that game and had to be replaced by Kyle Smith. Uh, so I will stick with my key matchup, and that would be uh, breaking down that defense and beating Joe Willis. That's that's going to be a, a priority. Uh, they're going to, I think, they're going to need to do it twice. Okay, um, I have not given a score prediction, but would you like to give yours, Dave? I think this is going to. I'm going to give the same score prediction. I think it's so hard to score against Nashville, and I think Nashville's due to get one. So I'm going to go one-one draw. And on the road, where Orlando's only had a couple of shootouts since joining MLS, they did it in Charleston in the U.S. Open Cup in 2015. Uh, they did it in 20, I want to say 2017 at D.C. United, also in the U.S. Open Cup. So I'm going to say they win in penalties uh, after a 1-1 draw. That's, that's I'm sticking with it. All right, well... I'm glad you did because I'm going to stick with mine as well. And so far that seems to be working with us uh, for us. So uh, one nil road victory. Um, I one the last two matches have been one nil victories by mm-hmm. Orlando city when playing Nashville. So, you know, all right, prove to me that it's going to be something different. And then I, I honestly, the last two matches, but in particular, this last one, just the, um, the way that Orlando city seems to be able to deal with Nashville in a way that a lot of teams can't in particular. And and I'm not saying it's easy, Mm -hmm. but being able to break them down and get through their lines and, and yeah, it gets congested down in there, but they're, they're able to do that pretty effectively. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that remains the case. So for me, one nil and, uh, Orlando city advances. Well, that would be good. Uh, either way, if either of us is right, then it'll be, uh, or even if it's a more lopsided uh, win for Orlando, then we'll be extremely happy not to have to play that third game. Um, Nashville is going to be a desperate team. We're going to see their best shot. And if, if Orlando can get on the board first, it will be enormous. So like I said, Nashville is is a tough team once they get the lead and and, and once they have a one, if they get up one nil, then you got to score twice against their defense just to just to have a, a shot to win the game. Not to have a shot, but to 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 get a win, you need at least two. Then uh, in regulation, 
Very difficult to do, but we'll find out what happens on Tuesday, November 7th. Game starts at 9. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, of all the years for them to throw in a best of three, uh, Orlando gets the two seed and gets a win at home against Nashville, and they got to do it again. Yeah, because of course that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. The East, so far, the top four seeds look pretty good in the East. Yeah, well, the East has looked good all uh, season. That's why, um, you know, Orlando City was second overall and and was still, you know, having to fight off the, the teams below them. So it's it's obviously been the class of the, the league this year. Yeah. If it does have to go to a game three, Dave, that would take place Sunday, the 12th of November at 5 p.m. at Exploria Stadium. So let's hope that game isn't necessary. Indeed. Do want to give a shout out to the really awesome TIFO that the uh, supporters displayed before the match on uh, Monday night. Uh, El El Pulpo uh, in a chariot being uh, drawn by two angry looking lions. Uh, There was a very nice uh, sort of Kraken sort of Game of Thrones type crest on the front of the uh, chariot. And, uh, And above it all, my sister's name, Victoria. Nice, which is why they did it. I'm certain. <laughs> it's a very um, nice tribute to my sister. Thanks, guys. It, it was a very nice <laughs> tribute to your sister. No, I, that was such a good tifo. I mean, it was getting uh, shout outs online from you know national uh, people, not just you know not just those of us that follow Orlando City. Yeah, uh, obviously the uh, the word for victory. Um, so obviously. we are, uh, but yeah, it was it was very nice, and I want to give the I want to give them credit for for doing a good job on that one. I, some of them are great. Some of them eh, are okay. Uh, you know, they can't all be stellar, but this one was one of the best that I've seen in, uh, in all the years that we've been uh, following the team. Yeah, no outstanding. Like this, uh, yeah, they've been pretty good as of late. And this yeah. is just another, uh, this is just another winner, um, or Victoria. Yeah. And they, you know, they kept it simple. They didn't go like, there weren't like, st- eight parts to this thing. It was just like one big piece. Yes. Although the, you know, the eight part was a nice one. Yeah, it was nice. I, I just, I think it, it, when you can say it in one, I think it's, uh, it speaks louder, but uh, I really liked it. And uh, uh, congrats to everybody that was involved from the design standpoint uh, to the artwork itself. I think it was, uh, it was, like I said, if not the best, certainly one of the best. Yes, well executed, ladies and gentlemen. And certainly El Pulpo uh, liked it. Uh, he was tweeting about it. And um, you know what? He went out and got a shutout. So mission accomplished. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well done. All right, Dave, uh, unless you got anything else uh, you want to get off your chest, I think we're done with episode 386. Now, nah, let's be done. I'm going to get back to this whole vacation thing. All right. Well, I appreciate your. Uh, commitment and i'm sure the listeners do too thanks everybody for listening we actually managed to keep this one somewhat short so that's good uh remember we will we will be back next week um we will be recording later in the week so that we can uh get the result in and we will uh you know do what do one show next week as well uh, unless we already know that Orlando's through and then we may do a second show 
uh, but we'll play that by ear. But for for this week, this is the only show you get. Get your questions in for next week. Remember to go to themainland.com every day. Check our website for new material. We update it every day. There's usually a minimum of, of two new stories per day. And uh, so go read our stuff. We love it when you do that. Uh, we would love it if you would like us on Facebook. We would also love it if you would follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. Follow me on Twitter at Mainland Michael and follow the Mainland on Twitter at the Mainland. Uh, M-A-N-E in all of those cases is how you spell Maine. If you like the pride, you can follow our sister show at Scoperp Soccer, S-K-O-P-U-R-P. At Scoperp Soccer is our uh, pride related show, our, our pride specific show, I should say. And uh, we'd love to have you on board over there as well. We're we're on our off-season monthly schedule over there, so no new show for that uh, that podcast this week. But that just means you can go back and and listen to our stays goes episode, or go back even further if you haven't been listening. I mean, why not? What what else are you doing? Yeah, I mean, there's only there's not even thirty of them, so should should blow right through those. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, remember, get your questions in for next week. That's going to do it for episode 386. So on behalf of my co-host, David Rowe, vacationing somewhere in Colorado, I'm Michael Citro signing off the way we always do by saying, Go City! <laughs>